Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, which I'm hoping you do, we always project our scriptures up on the screen here in the auditorium, but uh, there's something about still physically having your Bible in your hand and being able to write notes in your Bible, mark, you know, something with a pen, a highlighter, whatever. And uh, I want you to turn tonight to John chapter 4, a very, very familiar scripture regarding the world of worship, at least. And uh, as we get started tonight, you know, at the end of the Old Testament, we talked about this last night, so I don't want to spend a lot of time with it, but uh, there was something very different that was beginning to happen at the close of the Old Testament age, coming into the New Testament time period. And the place of worship was changing. And of course, The Gospels in the New Testament are very much a transitional time for Israel. They're coming from all the bondage and the slavery and all of the uh, oppression that happened, you know, during the reign of the different prophetic voices. And they're coming to the end of that old covenant age. And now we're officially in the New Testament, but the new covenant process is still happening. They're still living under old covenant mentality, even though Jesus is born on the earth and, and, you know, all of that process is in the process of transition and change. And so now Jesus, of course, has already begun his ministry. And it's very interesting to me that as a uh, Messiah, as a Redeemer, as the Son of God who was born into the Jewish race, he meets this woman who is a Samaritan at a well and gives the greatest revelation of worship to a non-covenant person and a woman to boot. Boy, does that tell me something about the heart of Jesus. Ladies, he is for you. Amen. And so things were changing. They were changing radically. And in, in John chapter 4, look with me. He meets this woman at the well, and we're not going to go into the whole story because of time, but he says in verse 21, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming. Notice it wasn't there yet, but he says the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship. Now, this is interesting, because wouldn't you think he would have said God? Mm. He tells this non-covenant woman, Father. Did you get it? He didn't say God. He said the hour is coming when you will not worship at a place, but the place is going to come to you. You're going to worship God as Father. Then he goes on to say in verse 22, you worship, but you don't know what you're worshiping. You know what, guys? Everybody on the face of the earth is a worshiper. Unbelievers are worshipers. You say they are? Yeah, they're just not worshiping Jesus. But they're worshiping something because everybody's a worshiper. But notice he tells this lady, you worship, but you don't know who you're worshiping. You don't know what you're worshiping. And he says something very interesting. For 
we know what we worship for relationship comes from me. Salvation is of the Jews. Here he is speaking as a Jewish man to this woman saying, salvation has come to you right now. We know who we worship, and it's all about connection. It's all about relationship. It's all about getting connected through salvation. And then he goes on to say in verse 23, And the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father. (laughs) How? In spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him, say it with me, in spirit and truth. Hallelujah. Now notice God is not looking for worship. What did it say? God's looking for worshipers. He's looking for true worshipers. She was already a worshiper. But he's looking for true worshipers. Because true worshipers have relationship with a true God. So how does that relationship happen? Happen. It happens by spirit. Amen. It's a spirit relationship. Turn over just a couple chapters to chapter 6. Look at this in John 6. Look at verse 63. It is the Spirit, John 6, 63, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, Jesus says, are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are truth. So when you worship in spirit and truth, it happens in a relationship with a living God who is spirit. So the only way that we can relate to a living God is by spirit. Hmm. See, what we often try to do is we try to discern the things of the spirit with the flesh. We see it in healing school all the time. People say, oh yeah, I believe I'm healed. You know, I believe that. Jesus paid the price for me. I believe I'm healed. Praise God. All right, come on. Let me pray for you right now in Jesus' name. Father, I speak healing over this person in the name of Jesus. You get done praying. The person says, I don't feel anything. Do you get it? We're trying to discern the spirit by the flesh. We're trying to discern what's in us by the spirit of God, by our flesh. Now, isn't it great when feelings follow conviction? But if you base your feelings on whether it's alive and true, you're going to get into a heap of trouble, as they said in Oklahoma. Why? Because the things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned. The flesh and the Spirit are like oil and water. We cannot use the flesh to try to discern the things of the Spirit. How we discern the things of the Spirit is truth. Truth discerns the things of the Spirit. That's why we have to worship in Spirit and in truth, not in Spirit and in flesh. Now, let's make sense of this a little bit. First Thessalonians, don't turn there, but if you have it on the screen, that'd be great. Chapter 5, verse 23. First Thessalonians 5, 23 gives us this beautiful analogy of spirit, soul, and body. 
Amen. We are a spirit. We have a soul. And we live in a body. Andrew's got a beautiful teaching on this in a book form. If you don't have it, if you haven't read it, it's really worth getting. We've got it out in the lobby, in the table. It's, it's awesome. It's also in CD form. And it'll bless you. But this is one of the greatest revelations because we have not, as the body of Christ, understood that we are a three-part being. That we, the spiritual part of us is an inner man. Everybody say, my inner man is a spiritual man. Yeah, that's the truth. But see, here's the deal. The only part of you that is born again is your spirit man. It's not your inner man. Your spirit man is what's born again. You've got another component to your inner man that is not yet born again. It's not yet saved. It's in the process of being saved. And that is your soul. It's a progressive thing. It's a changing thing. It's an everyday thing. Say with me, there's something about life that's so daily. Yesterday's over. As great as it was, it's forever gone. We can't park there. We haven't got to tomorrow yet. You've heard the expression, you know, that's why today is called the present. Because it's a present. It's a gift. And we better live in the now. Because that's where God is. Amen. But there's something about life that's so daily. Scripture says that my... Though my outward man is perishing, yet my inward man is being renewed day by day. Every morning his mercies are new. Give me this day my daily bread. Something about life that's so daily. See, my victories yesterday are over. They, you know, they were great, but they're done. I'm going to bring that into my future, but it's over. So what I've got to realize is that my inner man is made up of my spirit and my soul. And my spirit is the part of me that's been born again. That's the part of me, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What became new was in my spirit man. So as we begin to think about this process and look at what this whole thing looks like, it's very important for us to understand that when the Holy Spirit fills us, he flows out of us in words. Very interesting how this works. We shared a little bit last night, so I don't want to go into it tonight, but when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2, we talked about it this morning, I guess, actually. <laughs> um, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out, and when he was poured out, that was the first time that it ever happened. The Holy Spirit was poured out on that day, and listen to me, it's the only time it's ever happened. The Holy Spirit didn't retract himself and go away. When he came, he came to stay. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He said, I'm going to send to you another comforter. And this comforter will be with you and he will be in you. Now, here's the deal, guys. I shared this morning about how I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and, and how my family and that whole process, you know, I'm not going to go into that tonight. But you know what? When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, that was 1969. I really am that old. <laughs> 
And as great as that experience was, I was on a mountaintop in Boulder, Colorado. I drove to the top of this mountain in my little Carmen Ghia Volkswagen that I had at the time. Turquoise blue. And I just knew as my little Baptist boy self that God had something more for me. I'd been born again since I was five years old. But I was, I was hungry for something that God was revealing to me, but I just didn't have much knowledge of the Word of God. But I drove up to the top of this mountain and I said, God, if this is for me, I don't want to just be born of the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I just thank you. And I did this. I raised my hands like this. Well, you know what? The minute I raised my hands like this, I was on top of a mountain in Boulder. And all of a sudden, this huge breeze came through. And, I mean, the trees just began to do this. You know, the pine trees. Man, I'm just like, whoa, whatever this is. Thank you, Jesus. And as I'm lifting my hands, all of a sudden, I'm just feeling like, warm oil or warm honey or something like that coming from the top of my head and just going all through me. Man, I mean, my goosebumps got goosebumps. I'm just like totally blessed. And I'm all of a sudden speaking in a language that I've never spoken with before. Out from the innermost part of my belly begins to flow this language I've never spoken before. And as I'm praising God, I have my hands lifted up when all this happened. So because I didn't know much of the Word of God, I thought that if I put my hands down, it would all stop and go away. <laughs> so I'm just having this wonderful experience on the mountain. And I'm thinking, well, you know, however long it was, I probably ought to go now, you know. So here I am, looking around. <clears throat> and I reach down to get in my Carmen Ghia. Get in and keep one hand up in the air at all times. So I'm driving down Boulder Can Canyon, and I'm going, you know, it's kind of like hairpin turn kind of canyon, for those of you who know that canyon. And I, I'm just so happy. I, tears are rolling down my eyes, and I've got at least one hand. And when I turn this way, I grab the wheel, and the other one goes up, you know. <laughs> and I, I'm driving down Boulder Canyon, and I get down to the bottom of the canyon. And sure enough, I look in my rearview mirror, and there's red flashing lights behind me. Oh, man. As Ken Henry would say, dude. <laughs> and I'm looking behind me, and the guy comes over to me, the patrolman, you know, comes over to me, and he says, uh, uh, there's been a report of reckless driving. I said, there has? says, sir, can I see your license? I said, oh, sure. <laughs> and keep in mind, I'm in a Carmen Ghia. So it's kind of like this. 
I mean, we're talking, you know, those, those little things are like right here. <laughs> so he looks at my license and he says, uh, young man, can I smell your breath? I said, well, if you really want to. Oh, my goodness. He said, well, you haven't been drinking. And I said, oh, but I have. I said, I got something that you need to know about. It's called new wine. It's the Holy Ghost. And it's really good. He goes, whatever you're on, just be safe. <laughs> so I drove back to the University of Colorado. I was a freshman, majoring in music at the time. And my roommate, who was from Queens, New York, Jewish, unsaved, I go back and I tell him, man, you know what just happened to me? I just got filled with the Holy Ghost. It's so awesome. I began speaking in tongues, and he's just looking at me like, Shalom. <laughs> so I thought, well, that went over really good. So I was the organist and pianist and youth choir director at Southern Hills Baptist Church in Boulder at the time. So I went to my Baptist church, of course, to share with them the good news. They didn't think it was near as good as I did. <laughs> and they began to tell me how what I had experienced was just over-emotionalism. And they began to instruct me that what I really had experienced was not from God at all. It was actually from the devil. And I had gotten a counterfeit. And if you want the real thing, you better repent and get into the Word of God. Because that stuff all passed away with the last apostle. And man, you know what? I got so disillusioned. I got so disappointed. And because I wasn't grounded in the Word of God, I began to just implode, which took me on a whole two-and-a-half-year journey that we won't even go into tonight, but it was not pretty, let me tell you. So when it comes to the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, nobody, 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 nobody is ever going to rip out what God placed in. Because once I began to realize that this really is a gift of God for every believer, not to just be born of the Spirit of God, but to be filled with the Spirit of God. And when you're filled with the Spirit of God, out from your spirit, you begin to speak words. Sometimes it's in tongues. Sometimes it's in a prophecy. Sometimes it's in a psalm or a hymn or a spiritual song. But what happens is you begin to speak out from that inner man and the power of your words and the power of your understanding begins to become transformed. <laughs> and you become a power to be a witness. Praise God. Which is a really, really exciting part. But how many of you know if you don't know the word of God, somebody's going to come up and try to rip you off? 
Man, you know what? I've been around the early charismatic movement long enough to see a lot of people ripped off over the course of my lifetime. You know, been in different flavors of churches and, you know, different styles of worship. But I've seen people ripped off because they didn't know what they had. That's why so much of the early charismatic movement got kind of flaky. You know what I'm saying? God was moving by his spirit in us, but we didn't really know what we had. And so there wasn't good grounding. And as a result of that, we just kind of got squirrely, like I was talking about last night. By the way, I got to my office and one of our security guards around here, Marcelo, for those of you who uh, know him, uh, had a little thing on my computer with a squirrel (laughs) and a Ghostbusters thing. The little slash. No, squirrely. Yeah. But see, when you don't know what you have, the enemy, listen to me, the enemy who is your enemy is coming to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. He does not like you. He does not like me, but it's mutual. I don't like him either. Hallelujah. So instead of him coming to steal and kill and destroy, I'm coming in the power of the Holy Ghost to destroy his works through Christ because Christ has already destroyed them. So it's in him now that I'm going to live and move and have my being and take the witness of the Holy Ghost out into the marketplace. Say with me, I'm not ashamed ashamed. of the gospel. gospel. It's good news. news. And it's the power of God. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Come on, let's just lift our hands and praise him tonight. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, we thank you for the power of the gospel tonight. You are awesome in us and you're awesome through us. And we give you praise and honor and glory. Mm, hallelujah. Now look with me over to Acts chapter 10 real quick. I told my wife this afternoon as, as we were thinking, you know, just talking for a few minutes about tonight. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to slow up and give what I can give in 45 to 50 minutes instead of trying to unload the whole, you know, bale of hay. So I'm not sure how far we're going to get tonight. And I, I, don't really want to apologize, but I'm just saying, if we don't get into the whole soul arena and in, into that whole deal to unpack this yet, we will at some point. We'll have it available in some kind of way. I don't know how or what yet, but we're just going to follow God tonight. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. And I promise I won't keep you till midnight tonight. Are you okay with that? <laughs> Acts chapter, yeah, it's all Friday night. It's like, come on, D, go ahead, you know. (laughs) Acts chapter 10, look at verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit, I love in the Greek what it says. In, In my New King James, it says, it fell upon those who heard the word. The actual meaning of that word, watch this, is the word embraced. The Holy Ghost embraced All those who heard the word. Mm, Is that awesome? And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
See, if, if God is the giver of every good and perfect gift, how dare we call something from God from the devil? Where do you think that came from? Hello? Heaven's former worship leader. Former. Former. Can't you just imagine when this whole thing happened? Watch this. Okay? This whole thing happens, right? Lucifer, who's now Satan, is in the garden. And in that place, can't you just imagine this conversation that went on with God? Like, "Mm mm-hmm. Think you're so great, God, huh? I was the worship leader. What are you going to do to replace me? I was pretty magnificent. You know, God made him perfect. God created him the total sum of wisdom and beauty. Did you know that his covering was precious stones? Precious stones was his skin. And in him were stringed instruments and woodwind instruments and percussion instruments. He didn't have to have a band. He was the band. He was the band. Wherever he went, music. He was the anointed cherub that covered the glory of God until he was lifted up with pride and kicked out of heaven with a third of the angels who went with him. Talk about powerful influence. And by the way, cherub are not those little things with wings sticking out the neck <laughs> that sit on your mantle at Christmas time. You know the ones I'm talking about that you get at Hobby Lobby? <laughs> no. Cherubs are magnificent, angelic beings that if you saw one in the natural, you'd fall flat on your face, which is what everybody did when an angel showed up. And I love how whenever that happens, the first thing the angel says is, fear not. (laughs) Yeah. Easy for you to say. And so this anointed cherub who was kicked out of heaven because he was lifted up with pride over what God had given him. Instead of giving God the glory, he wanted to turn the glory on himself. You think anything has changed? Hello? Man, he wants to neutralize you and absolutely get you to shut up when it comes to the praises of God. So I just use my spiritual imagination and imagine this conversation that Lucifer and God are having in the garden one day. And after he tempted Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve have sinned, Satan's like, yeah, God, okay, whatever. I think you're so cool. I was, I was your worship leader. What are you going to do now? God reaches down and grabs a lump of clay out of the dirt. He scoops it up with his hand and he goes, watch this, Satan. I'm going to create a new creation. And in my new creation are going to be stringed instruments called vocal cords. 
in my new creation are going to be wind instruments where the breath of the Holy Ghost is just going to come through those vocal cords. And I'm going to create my new creation with rhythm instruments. I'm telling you, God is so pleased with his new creation. He said, it's very good. It's not just good. It's really good. Tell your neighbor, really good. So do you think for one minute that the enemy wants you to get the revelation of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, flowing up from the inside out? Do you think for one minute that he wants you to understand the power that you have on the inside of you? Absolutely not. That's why he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if he gets you in neutral mode, he'll have you right where he wants you. But I have news for him, it's too late. Amen. It's too late. We're way past that already. Praise God. We're living in the glory. Hallelujah. We're living in the Holy Ghost. Look over at chapter 19 of Acts. Whoo, glory to God. Glory to God. Acts chapter 19. Look at verse 1. And it happened when Apollos was at Corinth, when Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, which was a city where all kinds of idolatry was going on, and finding some disciples, he said to him, said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We've not so much heard as whether there is a Holy Spirit. That's what I said when I was Baptist. <laughs> Praise Father, Son, and... That's the, that's the only time I ever heard of him. I never saw him that I was aware of. You know, they said, we, we don't even, we haven't even heard of a Holy Ghost. And he said to them in verse three, into what then were you baptized? Hmm. And they said into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Jesus Christ. In other words, being born of the spirit of God. But when they heard that, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit begins to fill you from the inside out, it affects you in words. Words will begin to come out from the inside out. And that's exactly what the Holy Ghost has in mind for us as the body of Christ. He wants to fill us with himself to where we will be so filled that we'll live filled. Now, here's what I want to say. Back in 1969, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, as glorious as it was, it's over. I'm not living in 1969. Well, most of the time. I talked to so many believers, I'd say, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I did that in, you know, 1980. What? 
It's 2011. What do you mean you did that in 1980? The Bible says that we should live filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, you experienced a baptism in the Holy Ghost, but you need to live filled with the Holy Ghost on a daily basis. We can't go back and live in our baptism. The baptism was in two so that we can live filled with the Holy Ghost. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at... Oh, boy, where do we start here? Let's, let's look at verse 15. See that you walk circumspectly. Hmm, that word just means carefully. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise. Listen to this. If there's ever spoke of our time, it's right now. Amen? If there ever was a time when we were speaking of something, we're speaking of it right now. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay, what is the will of the Lord? To not be drunk with wine, in which is excess or dissipation, but be continually filled, the Greek says, with the Holy Spirit. Continually filled. Be being filled. With the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. Speaking to one another. Mm, when you're filled, you speak. We see the pattern every single time. When you're filled, you speak. So now we're speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to who? To the Lord. When my son was about four years old. We were living in Tulsa and we had a small sedan kind of car and we got rid of that car and got a minivan. And it was the first time that our little guy was in his car seat and he was up high enough to be able to look out of the minivan and actually see what we were all seeing when we were driving down the road. And one day we hear him saying this. He's in his little car seat and he's going, Brown cows, I see white cows with black spots, and more brown cows. And we're doing exactly what you're doing, because it was just so cute. And in that moment, the Spirit of God spoke to us and said, you know how you feel about your son making melody right now in his heart? That's how I feel about you. He said, you make melody in your heart unto me, and whatever it is, it's going to be a pleasing sacrifice to my ear. Praise God. You don't have to be a professional singer. Just be filled with the Holy Ghost and let it come up and out. Praise God. And speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Did you know that Jesus did not have a hymn book? He did not have the Broadman hymn, hymnal. 
I can say that to a bunch of musicians. And neither did the Apostle Paul. Psalms are one category of songs in the body of Christ. We sing a lot of them. They're songs that are directed primarily to God. We sing of his greatness. We sing of his attributes. We declare his goodness. All the things that surround you know, who God is. We sing psalms, not just from the book of Psalms, but modern day psalms. Absolutely. We sing to one another in psalms and, and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, in worship, you often hear, and it's true, that our audience is an audience of one. But isn't it interesting that this scripture says when we're filled with the Holy Ghost that we're going to sing to... Hmm. Well, I thought this was all just vertical. No, it's as unto the Lord, but you're singing to one another. One of the things I see sometimes on worship teams is everybody on the worship team has this sort of look. Can I borrow this just for a minute, even though I don't want you to turn it on? But it's this in worship. Do you know what I'm talking about? The whole worship team stands up here on the platform during the worship service and they do this. Lord, you're so good. You're so great. Lord, we just bless you. Can you imagine if I came to you tonight and I'm teaching you like this? So glad y'all are here tonight. It's just really good to see you all here. (laughs) See, we, we don't think we can relate to one another because, again, the enemy has trapped us into this little thing like we're going to be performing. But see, when our heart is unto God and we're making melody unto God, we're communicating with one another. We're encouraging one another. We're exhorting one another. We're building one another up. And it's not a performance. It's by the Spirit of the living God. Praise God. I love it when I look over and I see Joe Nanowski playing that keyboard and has one hand down and one hand up and smiling and looking at the band members and saying, man, is this awesome or what? It's like somebody riding a Harley. (laughs) But if we all just come to church and we all do this thing, and then we say to unbelievers at the end of the service, you too can receive this same Jesus. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Whatever you're on, keep it, dude. I'll have my own. Man, I, I, I'm running out of time. I got to share one last scripture with you. No, no, stop the clock, Lord. Turn over to the book of Hebrews. You got to see this. Praise God. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 10. By the way, if you're taking notes, a great sister scripture to that Ephesians 5, 18, 19 that we just read is Colossians 3, 16. Colossians 3, 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You know what admonishing is? Admonishing is to teach, to encourage, to gently warn Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you, teaching in our lyrics. 
using our lyrics of our songs to teach. Now, let me tell you something, guys, in the worship community. If we wouldn't get away with teaching this from the pulpit, why are we getting away with it in our songs? Let's make sure our songs agree with Scripture. I don't care who wrote it. If it didn't line up with the Word of God, toss it. We have a responsibility on a platform when we're leading God's people in worship to use our worship as a time of exhortation and teaching and comfort. We should be edifying and exhorting one another. Praise God. Did I give you enough time to get to Hebrews? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way which he made for us through the veil, that is to say himself, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. And this is what we do in the realm of our soul. We're already seated with him in heavenly places. But when we come together as believers, we draw near with our will, our mind, and our emotions. That's the process. By the Spirit of God. Not by anything from our soul realm. But the Spirit of God that always wants to worship. Say, my spirit always wants to worship. Heaven and earth have come together inside of me through Jesus Christ. If they're worshiping in heaven, and Jesus said, as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth, then I'm going to be a worshiper every day, not just on Sunday and Wednesday night. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Now there's one of those scriptures that I was talking about last night with heart. It's one of those, you know, does heart always mean spirit? No, it doesn't. You have to, you have to read it in context. Sometimes heart is referring to the inner man. It's the spirit and the soul together. So when our hearts are sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider ourselves. Let us come together when we come together to get whatever we can get. Bless God. Because it's my worship service and you better be good up there on that platform. Because I'm kind of depressed right now. And if your music isn't good, I'm going to leave here mad. No, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. When we come to church filled with the Holy Ghost, you know what happens? We stop thinking so much about ourselves. And we begin to allow the Spirit of God to arise within us and we begin to think about one another. How I can encourage. Jimmy came over to me last night. Jimmy, wave your hand. Long, long, long time friend of mine. He came over last night and stood over here and said, 
do you have just a second? I go, yeah, sure. He goes, I have a word from the Lord for you. Love that about you, Jimmy. Always have. How many people do you know that would absolutely give their eye teeth for somebody who would give them a word from God? I'm telling you. Just somebody who would even care that they may be having a bad day. That they may be going through some stuff. Just a smile. Just a touch on the shoulder. You know, I'm so tired of people just coming to church just to get better. You know what I'm saying? We just come to church to get our revelation and get ourselves better and better and better. You know, that, that, that's not God's plan. There is a better covenant with better promises and a better way to worship. And when you begin to understand that God's filled you with the Holy Ghost so that you can stir up other people and you can bless other people and you can use the gifts of the Holy Ghost that he gives freely because he is the gift and he gives those gifts to profit with all, to bless other people. So when God's filling you by the Holy Ghost and you have a word to give, give it. I think that was an E. (laughs) (sighs) You say, well, I don't know if I have permission to do that or not. Why? Who said you couldn't do that? Who told you that you could not be filled with the Holy Ghost? Who's trying to come and rip off the gifts that are contained in the Holy Ghost that he wants to pour through you to bless somebody else? Flow in it. Flow freely in it. You say, well, you know, in our church, they don't really give space for, you know, during the worship service. You know, I'd have to come up and interrupt the worship leader and get the microphone. No, you don't. You don't need to give that to the whole church. Give it to the church. Give it to somebody next to you. They're the church. You getting it? See, it's not just in the holy hush moment of the worship service. It must be time. First time I ever prophesied publicly like that, I'm telling you, I went through so many hoops, I feel sorry for the Holy Ghost. I felt this prompting on the inside of me, you know, by the Spirit of God. You know how the Spirit of God does, you know. And I felt like the Holy Ghost was saying, I got something for you to say. And I'm like, I rebuke you, Satan. (laughs) Okay, maybe that is you, Lord. Sorry. Sorry. So just to be sure, God, if that's really you... Have the pastor's wife 
jump over the communion table. <laughs> I really did that. And then I went, whoa. I knew it wasn't you. <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel sorry for the Holy Ghost. It's like he's trapped in us. wanting him to move so bad he's just wanting out <laughs> we're saying oh god would you please come he's like i'm trying Set me free. <laughs> I can just imagine the Holy Ghost having this conversation. God, was this really your idea? <laughs> when you poured me out, is this what you had in mind? My, 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 my. <laughs> I say it's time to let God arise. Hallelujah. Don't you let anybody stop the Holy Ghost from flowing in your life anymore. Praise God. Come on. If you want to be set free from that fear of man, stand up on your feet tonight. Let's deal with this thing. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Tracy, would you give me that microphone, please? Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I know you're free in your spirit, man. Amen? When I say set free, I'm not talking about your spirit, man. I'm talking about the soul, the snare that's come against you to shut you down and stop you from moving in the things of the Holy Ghost. Jimmy, come over here. Praise God. Give what God's got for you, for us. I have given my spirit and I declared that the word would flow out of my people. I have declared that the anointing of my spirit is inside of you. I declared that the tabernacle of David was already poured out on the day of Pentecost and it would bring in the lost. It would bring them in. My mountain is higher than Satan's highest valley. He is down underneath of my body. His, he is underneath of your feet. Therefore, I declare to you, when you begin to praise me, it will be so sweet. The enemy will begin to falter. He'll fall back in his tracks. For I, the Lord God, will make him step back. 
It is a declaration of my anointing. It's a declaration of my power. It's a declaration of my victory that I've given in this hour. I have come forth in my glory. My glory is always inside of you. So therefore begin to see the devil in the way that you should see him. View him that way. See him underneath of your feet. See the glory of my power risen inside of you. Yes. Call there an anointing out of your spirit and bring forth my anointed dew. I'm waiting for the harvest. The anointing yes. is upon you to bring it out. So go into the east, yes. the west, the north, and the south. Bring it in, says the Lord, and cause my glory to be seen. For I, the Lord God, will pour out a given stream. Don't look around and say it cannot happen to me. For I, the Lord God, have placed it within thee. If you'll rise up with your voice and praise me in your private time, you'll be able to go out and bring in the lost souls by the multitudes. Yes. There will be nothing that I will not do for my people who will bring out my anointed mountain dew. You'll be so blessed, you'll find it so sweet, and the enemy will rest underneath of your feet. <laughs> you will have yeah. my power, yeah. you'll walk in it in glory every hour, and the enemy will flee every moment that my people will rise up in me, says the Lord Most High. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's bless the Lord. 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 Come on, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Just begin to bless the Lord out of your spirit, man. Come on. Just begin to bless the Lord out of your spirit, man, tonight. Let it flow. Let it flow like rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Give it place. Give it place. Let it flow like rivers of living water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, that's it. Just let it flow. Let it flow. Out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. Our mouth speaks. Hallelujah. We give thanks to you well tonight, Lord God, by the Spirit of God. Now lay your hands on someone next to you and just begin to bless them in the name of Jesus. Just begin to bless somebody next to you on both sides of you. Just speak words of blessing over their life. Words of encourage over them tonight. Begin to stir them up. Consider one another to stir them up unto love and good works. Praise God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is the hour. This is the hour. This is the time. This is the day. Oh, Thank you, Lord God. We are not ashamed, Lord God. We're not ashamed. We're blessed. 
We're sons and daughters living in your house. Romo go ramashaka tere bashoto re ramashata. Kuriyama go ramakata bashaka tere bashaka tere bashata. Kiriyama shokuriyama shaka tere bashata. I want every one of you in this room to ask the person on your right and then ask the person on your left, are you born again? I'm born again. I know you are. All right, is there anybody in here who said no? Come on. Is there anybody in here tonight who said no? Anybody who wants to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight? You were brought in by your crazy charismatic neighbor. <laughs> All right. Next question. Ask the neighbor on your right and your left, are you filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues? Branda. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. Is there anybody in here who said no? Anybody who wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Come on, I'd be running down here right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get down here. Praise God, praise God, come on. I'll be running down here tonight. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're going to wait just a moment longer. Anybody else? Come on. God is raising up a new generation. A new generation. Oh, yeah, come on, come on. Tonight's your night, darling. Tonight is your night. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm telling you what, if there ever was a time when we needed to rise up as the chosen generation that we are, it's now in the power of the Holy Ghost. The Apostle Paul said, I didn't come to you with human speech and enticing words of man's wisdom. But I came to you in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. God's plan is for us to demonstrate what's in us. Oh man, I'm telling you what, I'm excited what God is doing right here, right now. If you would, is there, there's already somebody behind every one of you. Now, I want to tell you something. When, we're, when I pray for you in a moment, I'm going to pray and all these people who are in here, in case you're wondering what they're thinking about it, what do you think about it? Pretty fabulous. And you know why they're responding like that? Because they already have what you're about to get. Hallelujah. 
One of the most powerful things that happens when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost is this book that may have been almost on the edge of boring is going to come alive. This, this book, the Bible says, this, this book, the Bible, says the Word of God is alive and powerful, but it has to be spiritually discerned. So the Holy Ghost who's in you will begin to reveal to you as you begin to read the Word of God, you'll look in here and you'll go, you know what? I see myself. I've never seen that before. Well, this is like having a spiritual mirror. That's exactly what it is. And the Holy Spirit, who will reveal what's on the inside of you through this book, through these pages, will begin to reveal the character of your Heavenly Father inside of you. And transformation will begin to happen from the inside out. You ready? Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands and just begin to give God thanks. Father, in the name of Jesus, we all in this room agree together. And we just thank you, Lord God, that you poured out your Holy Ghost in the book of Acts and you've never taken it back. So, Lord God, we embrace what you've already done by your Spirit. We put ourselves in agreement. We say thank you, Holy Ghost, for embracing us, for embracing these today. Thank you, Lord God, for Abigail and for Chris and for Jan. Hallelujah. Hunter, are you coming to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Okay, fabulous. Get in there. Praise God. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for filling all of these who have come forward tonight with the power of the Holy Ghost to live as a witness in their generation and in this time in the name of Jesus. Now, as I lay my hands on you, I want you to stop praising God with English and begin to just let that spirit language, your prayer language, let it begin to arise from your spirit man from the inside out. God is not going to make your tongue move. You're going to have to move it by the spirit. He's not going to come in and grab your tongue and start moving it. You just activate it by the spirit of God. Man, the spirit is all over you, Chris. Praise God. Abigail, praise God. Receive. Receive. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Chris, receive. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Receive the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. This is your night. This is your hour. This is your time. In Jesus' name. Now just begin to speak out. That's it. Just begin to speak it out. Your new prayer language. No longer English. Just let it come out. That's it. That's it. Praise God. Let it flow. Let it flow. It'll feel like a baby language at first. Just let it flow. Just let it flow. That's it. That's it. Let it flow like a river. Let it flow like a river. God's not going to move your tongue. You have to do it. That's it. Just let it flow out. Oh, 
Are you really ready to receive this tonight? Holy Ghost is all over you already. Praise God. You ready for this? Why don't you lift your hands up and just begin to give him thanks. Just begin to bring him praise. Speak it out of your mouth. Say, I love you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. Just begin to tell him. Tell him with your own words. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead, tell him. Tell him, thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord God. Now I lay my hands on her in the name of Jesus. And I release the power of the Holy Ghost in her. Say, in Jesus' name, let God arise. Let God arise. Stay with her for a little while and help her uh, release that language. Oh, glory to God, Abigail. God's doing a whole new thing in you tonight. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes, yes, Lord God. You are worthy, Lord, and we give you praise. We give you praise, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Praise you, Lord God. Oh, Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we bless you. We give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you. And we give you all the glory. Hallelujah. 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 We bless you. We give you all the hallelujah. 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 We give you all the glory. Hallelujah. 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 We give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we give you all the glory, hallelujah, 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 we give you all the glory, hallelujah, 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 oh yes, by your spirit, by your spirit, by your spirit, yeah, 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 by your spirit, by 
by your spirit, by your spirit, oh God, by your spirit, by your spirit, by your spirit, oh God, by your spirit, by your spirit, by your spirit, oh God, by your spirit, by your spirit, by your spirit, oh God, by your spirit, by your spirit, by your spirit, oh God, by your spirit, by your spirit, by your spirit, oh God, by your spirit, by your spirit, by your spirit, oh God.
it. We got to go old school because I'm trading my sorrows, Jack. I traded them in. We said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord.
How many in here know where your place is in the body of Christ? How many of you really have no idea? No, I'm serious. How many really have no idea where you fit in the body of Christ? You're not sure where you belong. You just don't want to be a blood clot. You don't want to be an accident waiting to happen somewhere. Because how many know that anything that's not connected will eventually become destructive? So if you don't know where you belong in the body of Christ tonight, I want you to get out of your seat and come forward. And we're going to minister to you. And just ask God to clearly show you where your place is. Those of you who are prayer ministers and students here at CBC, come on, I want you to minister to these people. In the name of Jesus. has a word that she wants to share with you. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Tracy. Okay, this is for all of you. Okay? This is what the Father, your daddy, wants to say to you. He said, I don't want you to any longer think, I wish I were a hand or I wish I were a foot. Gosh, I would really like to be an eye or an ear. You've heard that you can't put me in a box and this is true but I can put you in one I will give you your boundary and I will give you your place and when I do from this point forward you will be able to march and to be able to stay where you're supposed to stay because you will be able to say this is what my daddy told me this is where he said I can stay and it won't matter if Susie tells you so and so or Johnny says such and such because all you'll have to say is this is what my father said to me Amen. Amen. hallelujah trained prayer ministers or staff would you come up here and just begin to minister to these people I'm going to pray a prayer but I want everybody to have hands laid on them that came up tonight and anointed with oil praise God we've got several vials of oil or as they say in Texas oil hallelujah any staff people that are here come on up Come on up. Praise God. Yeah, bro, come on. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person who's come forward tonight, and I pray that they would find their place in the body of Christ, that you would clearly reveal to them tonight, tonight, you would reveal to them what place you have for them to play in this generation and in this hour. Lord God, make it clear. And in that, thank you for revealing the gifts that are on the inside and causing them to be manifest on the outside. In Jesus' name. 